I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Rollies Out the Back with me, Max, and with also, so you say your name, what? Guy. Yeah, cool. Um, we'll be talking about other things. You know, I was really hoping I put out a tweet on the official uh, Dish Boy podcast Twitter, and the tweet was as followed: follows um, about to record an episode. Reply to this tweet with any questions, statement, abuse, or anything. And it will definitely get read on the show. You know how many replies I got? It's got to be a couple of million. Uh, that's optimistic. Very. I got none. Six million. None was it? Yeah, not even one. Not no. not even a nutcase. <laughs> not even a nut. Yeah. Well, if we uh, keep doing this, then um, eventually we'll start to get a bit of a bit of following. We're going to make. Well, I say we. This is really your thing. You're going to make Joe Rogan obsolete. Yeah. At some point. Joe Rogan with his DMT talking. And yeah, he's going to wish he was you. How do you build a, like an online presence? Is this something I've never learned? Um, it's a mixture of things, really. A good way of doing it is spending a lot of money <laughs> uh, with, with advertising and things like that. Um, but if you don't spend loads of advertising money and do it organically, then... The main thing is to sort of know who you're, who you're targeting, what it's about, and make sure you're really sort of aiming at that audience. What's what's the demo for this though? What's the demo for this though? The the it's sort of your mates and our mum. Yeah, I think. I don't even think she listens. to I don't it. think she does. And yeah, I think she she may have listened to the first one, and then we got the oh, aren't you good at that yeah. kind of thing? And then, and then no more. I, mean, I think our, our other brother listens to it. He's been on a few episodes. Yeah, James listens to it. I I was listening to it more regularly than until yesterday's one and the one before, which I haven't bothered listening to yet. What the ones that you're on? Yeah, right. There's still, I still feel a bit weird listening to them. The ones that when you, me, and James sat in the conservatory for like a day, yeah, and recorded them. I didn't listen to any of them when they went up. 
Yeah. I still feel a bit strange listening to myself back. Yeah, when I played it in the in the shed yesterday, when after we recorded, you were like, "Is that me? It doesn't even sound like me." Hearing yourself back just never sounds like it how doesn't. You think it really sound. doesn't sound. I know that's the old cliche. It is a cliche, really but you know, it becomes a cliche for a reason. Always reminds me of Nana as well, because like, for some reason, because for those of you who don't know, we, uh, you know, have the sort of couple of hour phone call with our dear old Nana every yeah. few weeks. And um, one of the things that she used to do when she lived down in Cornwall was if we sort of leave a message on her phone or something, she used yeah. to then, she did this at least three times with me when I went to visit her. She'd then like leave the message on the phone until we were arriving yeah. to play it back to you and be like, I just wanted to sh- let you hear this because it's al- it always amazed me how people don't know what how they sound. And, yeah. You know, hear their own voice played back to them. And yeah. it, is, it is strange. There was many times as well when you'd ring her up and you'd spend an hour on the phone with her and then she'd reference something that wasn't to do with you and then she'd think I was you or James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to be f- wouldn't well, realise which yeah. is which. Which is yeah, poor that's old, kind of, poor old girl. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a, yeah, that's that's quite entertaining when that happens. But I think like she said to us before, like the three of us do sound very similar on the phone. Yeah, we probably don't on a podcast because the audio quality is different. But on a on, on a you know landline telephone because her, her landline telephone is still. I don't know. I think we I think we sound similar when I put out the one. Um, with you and James, everyone thought that it was just me and James. People oh, yeah? thought that we sounded the same. Yeah. They reckon that we sound similar. I mean, I listen to a podcast called Jarcast, and it's got two brothers on it. And if you're not watching the video, um, like companion with the audio, it's fucking impossible to tell out those two right. brothers. They sound exactly the same. Yeah, I don't know if you know. He's a YouTuber called I Hate Everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard he, of that. He's the guy who does Sardonicast, and he does Jarcast with his brother, and uh, it's a pretty good show. They do yeah. a YouTube channel. I don't think the three of us sound that similar, but I don't even think we look that similar as brothers, but like people comment outside the family and have kind of always done that we look similar. It's just that bloody and sound classic brother thing, isn't it? That people just think that people yeah, it's brothers like, are the yeah, same person. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, me and James have worked together as well and we're kind of just in that same sort of vibe, I suppose. You're more sort of I don't know. <laughs> I'm your brother, Max, and you have no idea who I am. Yeah. As I was walking into the living room, there's Lewis Hamilton on the TV. Did he just win some kind of Yeah, F1 he won his thing? seventh world championship, which makes him the all-time winningest F1 driver in history, I believe. Yeah, and he's going to get knighthood as well. Is right, he? I've read that today. He's oh, going to get knighted. Shame. I think he's... um. I think I've sent him on Graham Norton where he's talked about how he's already been to some kind of big royal event before and he's met the Queen and that. Yeah. He's right he's a right Gary Barlow is Lewis Hamilton. Is he? He's right in with the Royals, yeah. Um I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years they don't make a film about Lewis Hamilton, someone playing him in a film, you know. I I really don't understand why I mean I know F one is big. Yeah. But it still seems like quite a niche sport to me. I suppose. I know that's probably because I don't follow it. I haven't got any interest in it. But it's like, it seems to dominate, when it's on, it seems to dominate the news and the TV and Lewis Hamilton this and Lewis Hamilton that. Whether it's because it's a sport where there's an English dude who's actually good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It might just be that. But it doesn't like, other than football, but that's sort of a law unto itself. But like, I I don't really get what the, 
fascination is with Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, and also if you watch F1, he's always the winner. <laughs> yeah. So if you watch it and he's in it, you know, he's just going to he's going to be first, he's going to win. So it is impressive the fact that we do have this English sportsman who is constantly winning. You know, we should be proud of him and stuff. And they do talk about as well how he kind of I was reading this article about him when I was reading the Knighthood thing about how he did kind of bring it more into the mainstream because for, for the longest time like Ferrari and all that were you see that film Ford versus Ferrari that was like the last like big driving ting that went on right. you see that film Rush with Chris Hemsworth one, yeah. where he plays James Hunt we haven't had like a rock star um, F1 driver yeah. again since I Hamilton think, I think also he's right in the so- right in the middle of the social media age as well as the Lewis Hamilton yeah like he's I don't know how old he is but he's, he's 35 I think is he really? Yeah, he's 35. So he spent his whole, you know, even if he's been a professional for 15 years, his whole career is celebrity, social media, sports person, isn't it? Yeah. So his following is going to be way bigger than any other driver of our of, yeah. of previous years, probably because of that. Who do you think should play him in the film, the Mecca film? Lewis Hamilton. Um, Michael B. Jordan. Or um, Donald Glover. It's got to be an English guy, really. Maybe I'll be John honest with you, Max. I couldn't give less of a shit who plays Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> I, I don't give... I think F1 I think is a pointless sport. I think it'd make a good film, though. Probably would make a good film, yeah. I'd be interested in the film. But I, I don't care enough about Lewis Hamilton or F1 to be like, oh, I really hope that they're casting. Right, who, who's a, like, a celebrity or a well-known person who would be good to make a film about, in your opinion? Um, they made a bloody Tolkien film last year with Nicholas Hull. Yeah, I, did you I, see that? I haven't seen it. No, I, I, it didn't really catch my eye really because everything that was going to be in it was stuff that I knew about just from being a freak fan. Yeah. So you kind of know his life story already. You know when he came up with the ideas. It was like, well, what, what's new? What's going to be new about it? Yeah. Nicholas Hull's good. I like him as an actor. So. Also, isn't it like young Tolkien? He only kind of. Te- wrote Lord of the Rings when he was older, right? So Yeah, was well, he it... wrote all the stuff like really early on during the First World War. Yeah, and but it didn't get published until, until he was 20s, in his 60s, no. though, right? Silmarillion didn't come out until after he was dead. I want to see a film about George Lucas. That's yeah. what I want to see for ages. I wanted to see that because there's a film, there's a book called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe and it goes through about like all the stuff that George Lucas went through to make that um, original Star Wars film. Mm. And I'd love to see a film about George Lucas. I re- yeah, I reckon that's going to happen at some point. The other two that I on the on think of on the spot, there's going to be a film about Barack Obama. Yeah, in the next ten years, starring maybe. Will Smith. Starring Will Smith, um, and I tell you who would be quite an interesting sort of celebrity to get made a film about would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, definitely. Yeah, who the fuck do you cast to play Arnie? Oh, well, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea who you cast. But if you think about his life... Oh, yeah. Bill Burr has this great bit about him, about how he fucking... Uh, he should have just been unloading trucks in Transylvania for all his life, but he decided to lift weights, build a career on that. And then he was like, I'm going to be a movie star. And I was like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a governor of California. No, no you're, you're not. Because yeah. he is like... <laughs> I'm going to was... marry a Kennedy. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, there was a period in sort of the maybe 80s, early 90s where he is arguably the biggest film star on the planet. Yeah. Him and maybe like a Stallone or 
kind of people of that sort of action. He was the biggest box office star. Yeah, exactly. He, and there's years, that's quite yeah. a long period. It's not like the the kind of blip. It's not a, yeah. a sort of one off or two off. Kind I can't of think of stars. anyone else who's achieved more in different mediums than yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And who's come from such a strange route to it all as well. Yeah. Like I know he's he's clearly a clever bloke and he's kind of has worked hard, obviously, but. His his route to doing different things has been really strange. Yeah, to go so, from act, like bodybuilder to actor, and then actor to politician, yeah. and then back to whatever he's doing now. Yeah, is pretty. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, he'd be a really really interesting one. Christopher Lee would be a really interesting film. Yeah, definitely. Well, young like, Christopher Lee when he's like fighting Lee. Nazis. Yeah, because he was just like he was a James Bond or something during the Second World War, wasn't he? He wasn't just a. Yeah. He wasn't just in. He wasn't just a soldier. He was like. An operative secret or service or something, yeah. Because yeah. they talk about how when he got when he had to pretend to be stabbed in Lord of the Rings, oh, yeah. he just turned to Peter Jackson and was like, "I know what to do for this because I've actually been stabbed by a Nazi in yeah, real life." Yeah. And it was something about like, he, you know, he's meant to get stabbed, and Peter Jackson was like, "Oh yeah, you need to make this noise and kind of throw yeah. it off." Yeah. And the Christopher Lee's like, "That's not the noise you make yeah. if you stab someone in the That's back." That's not what happens. That's not what happens if someone gets stabbed in the back. And Peter Jackson's like, "Okay, yep, sure, just yep, okay, yep." <laughs> It'd be a really interesting one to do. Who do you cast to play him, though? Michael Fassbender? As young yeah, Christopher maybe. Lee? Um, who was the guy that played th- Pious Thickness in Harry Potter? Oh, I don't know. Um, or the guy that oh, played yeah, I know you know that Tarkin? Guy. Yeah, yeah, I know, that, yeah, yeah I know the guy. I can't remember his name, though. Um, I don't know his name. He's got, yeah. quite, he's got kind of a sort of tall... Kind yeah. of scrawny look about him. That he'd probably be, be quite. Yeah, good. maybe that name will come to me. I can't remember. That would have to be a really long film about Christopher Lee, though, because he was still working up until like a year before his death. He but, was. Yeah, like, he released a heavy metal album. Yeah, he was on a like a insane heavy metal album at like ninety four or something. He's got the all time record for the amount of films he's been in. He won an Oscar, I think, didn't he? For no, he was never nominated for an Oscar. He never. I think he maybe got a Golden Globe at one point. No, Guy Henry is the bloke. Guy Henry. Oh, yeah. Guy. Yeah, Definitely cast Guy. him. Um, yeah, he could do it. He looks kind of gentlemanly, tall and slim gentlemanly. He could do it. He's got to get the voice down, though. You'd have to have the voice down. Oh, yeah, that'd be the hard part. The, I mean, the look. I mean, in, in a film or a TV show or something, If so, as, as long as someone looks relatively like them, I kind of don't care. I don't, yeah. I don't need them to look exactly like the person they're playing. For me to believe it, but yeah, the voice, especially Christopher Lee, I mean that voice. Is... Yeah, you got to get the voice and the mannerisms down. The the look doesn't really have to fit. Like, yeah. like I was. This is always the example. Like Michael Fassbender didn't look anything like Steve Jobs, and he was really good at Steve yeah. Jobs. Even fucking Matt Smith doesn't really look anything like Prince. No, he's got too big a face. Yeah, too wide. But yeah, like, the the look of a character, I'm happy to play along with a suspension of disbelief sure. on their look. If they get the voice and the mannerisms down, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Anyone mm-hmm. else you can think of? I'd oh, like a Marlon Brando film. That'd be good as well. Yeah, that'd a be case. Someone like Orson Welles would be interesting. James yeah, Dean would be interesting. They're working on. There's a film coming out soon on Netflix called Mank, and it's about. It's directed by David Fincher, and it stars Gary Oldman, and he plays um, Orson Welles' screenwriter for Citizen Kane and that's coming out like next month right. it'll be like an Oscar type film I'd imagine yeah. but I'm really excited for that because it's got Gary Oldman in it and someone is playing Orson Welles in that Orson Welles has been portrayed a few times in the film by different actors he's in like Edward he's played by Vincent D'Onofrio um, 
But yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah. He, he, I mean, that's an interesting story of Orson Welles because he was just a guy who made that film and then disappeared, mm. really, and he never sort of reached those heights again. Yeah, you know, he starred, directed, wrote Citizen Kane when he was like twenty-five. Yeah, and then he just vanished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he did make other films, but no one really... I haven't seen any of his other films. Yeah. I don't even think I've seen Citizen Kane all the way through. But. Is he into Kill a Mockingbird? Um, I don't know. I can't remember if, if that's him that plays him in that. I don't think it's called To Kill a Mockingbird, the film. But the film is based on To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. It'd be good. I reckon if, um, if, if COVID had never happened, I think there'd still be a trend of uh, pop stars, music stars, oh, films yeah. coming out. I think there'd be, there would have been a Bowie one. They're making a Bowie one. Making There's a Bowie already one. a trailer for I it. I reckon there'll be a George Michael one. Yeah. Further than, like in 20 years or something, I reckon there'll be a Beyonce, Jay-Z one. Yeah. There'll be a Kanye one. There'll be a Lady Go. There'll Michael be a Miley Jackson Cyrus. one. There'll be a Bieber one. There'll be a, a Jackson one. I think that, I think um, Bohemian, was it called Bohemian Rhapsody? The yeah. Queen one? And the, the star, Rocket Man. Yeah. I think they were sort of good and successful enough yeah for that trend to kind of people to be like oh well tell you what who else can we do yeah it's just become that kind of cash cow the idea Beatles? i mean there's never been a film about the Beatles, is there um that i, that I know of. well there's like yeah there's a film about john lennon called nowhere boy where it's just like young john lennon yeah but it doesn't really have much to do with what the Beatles became it's just it sort of ends yeah. just as he's about to go to hamburg because there was that yesterday one that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, but that's, that's not a biopic kind that of thing, is it? Trash as well. I fucking hate that. Film. I thought that was quite fun. I enjoyed really? that. But then I don't really know much. I'm I'm not very well versed in Beatle music, so. So you were like, oh, these. I was these, like, oh, these wow, are, these are good. really good songs. <laughs> yeah, I know a handful of them, but I'm really like. Oh, that fucking really Ed Sheeran in that film. He's so bad. Yeah. And like. And no, none of that would happen. No. <laughs> Even if the guy did actually manage to get the Beatles fucking. Uh, intellectual property stuck in his head when no one else did. He would not be able to ride that success. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. That's, that was my biggest problem with films. Made no fucking sense. But sure, I think they'll. Uh, they are making a Bowie film, um, but they didn't get the rights to any of his music, except for like one song, which is a cover. So um, that'll probably be shit. I yeah. imagine. Because that's happened before when they did the Jimi Hendrix film. They made Jimi Hendrix film starring Andre 3000, wow. and they didn't have any rights to his music, so the film was just garbage. Right. Yeah. There was a Dil- there was a Dylan one, wasn't there? Yeah. Where the six guy, Kate Blanchett and Heath Ledger and yeah. Christian Bale and all these sort of people were sort of... Yeah, it was kind of like a weird interpretation of his life where different actors played him, but yeah. then working on another Dylan film with Timothy Chalamet as oh, Bob right. Dylan. Yeah. Um. Thing is, with those like you got Stadium Rock, Freddie Mercury, and that you know eccentric personas of, um, like Elton John, they they can be these big kind of musical films. A film yeah. about Bob Dylan, he's just like it doesn't have the same guitar. sort of it, film mass appeal. set piece, yeah. does yeah. it? I mean, like Live Aid and and playing at Fenway Park for Elton John and all these sorts of things. They're yeah. like they can be a set piece in a movie in themselves, can't they? Yeah. So. In the same way you'd have a battle scene or a chase scene or something yeah. like that. So yeah, I don't know someone like Dylan. I don't really, I don't really know. I think they're gonna. I think it's in talks. They're gonna do a Michael Jackson one at some point. Is it? But the the problem with that, there's a few problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there? Yeah. Uh, one. Uh, well, the Jackson estate have to give 
permission, which they'll never do if it's got anything to do with the sexual abuse stuff. Yep. And also, who the fuck do you cast to play Michael Jackson? How do you approach that? I um, I don't know. Yeah, do you get a black guy? Oh, you have to get a black guy. You have to get a black guy. How do you approach the sort of lightening of the skin tone? Yeah. Um, thing. How do you how do you approach just his death? I mean, the the shock wave that went all over yeah. the place when that was announced, and the sort of controversy behind it because it was a little bit. I don't know whether it's true historically or like in retrospect, but at the time there was a bit of, was there some sort of malfeasance that went on yeah. that caused him to die? Was there sort of ineptitude on the part of the hospital or the paramedics or whoever? Yeah. So you got handling all that stuff in a film. Would be well, I think well, the only way they could really do it is if they just, before there were all the allegations happened in his life, they just do like the making of thriller as a film, you know, yeah. that idea, like a whole film about this moment in time. You can't just do his whole life because it's just. There's, I think it's just too much to cover. I, that's. I. I didn't really like Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man. Did you not? I don't like biopics where it just has to. It covers too much ground. Yeah. Because there's a scene in Rocket Man where he's like, "Oh, he got married," and then the next scene he's getting divorced. And I was yeah, like, "Jesus, yeah. this is a like whole fucking marriage." And then they just completely brush over the fact that he was just a horrible husband. To her. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's another problem with these biopics when the the person's still alive. Yeah. You can't know. offend that person. Yeah. You know. I like both of them for what they were. I, but, I mean, I like the music of Queen and I like the music of Elton John in general. So, you know, sort of films around. It's like Mamma Mia. Yeah. Is it an awful film? Oh, God, is it an awful film? <laughs> yeah. But there's no person alive that doesn't sort of start tapping their foot when an ABBA song comes yeah. on. Yeah. So they're quite, they're, they're a good, they're a fun way to, to kill an hour and a half, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Mum Mia had such a mass appeal. That's like a really, really successful film that came out. I remember hearing the horror stories of people that worked at the cinema while that was coming out and how yeah. fucking busy it was. <laughs> did we go and did we, was Mum Mia one of the ones that we went to see on, on stage when we were sort of in our early I teens? Because we remember went, seeing it. There was a period, stage. I think, when we were like sort of 10 and 12 or 10 and 13 or something where like over two years we just seemed to go to a lot of like. Musicals I remember seeing We Will Rock You. I don't remember seeing Mamma Mia. It's not, yeah, We Will Rock You. Spam a lot. Oh, yeah. Starlight oh, Express. Do yeah, you that was, oh, that see was that? way when I was really young. You would have been yeah. really young. I very barely remember that. Yeah, I remember roller skates. I remember yeah. roller skating around. That was really, uh, I thought that was really cool, but in retrospect probably shit yeah <laughs> be like when you're like six or something you're like, yeah, no, no, one fucking t- no one talks about starlight express as one of the like classic, the classic musicals ones, people no. need to go see no yeah i seem to remember there was i feel like there's a couple they'll of make movies. that into a film at some point yeah they've already done um cats last year that oh, film God, was fucking yeah, that garbage was a, that was a car crash yeah. i've never ever seen a backlash like that yeah for a, for a film well there's this giant theory because it's when you look at that film and so much money went into it and so many like famous names are in it. The cast list is insane. Yeah, and there's just such a huge production. It's like, how did they fuck... Why did they make this film? And how did it bomb so hard? So the theory goes that there's Hollywood executives that have to register one flop a year to 
justify like a tax return or something. Right. Okay. There's this long Reddit thread about it about how cats was actually supposed to bomb right. <laughs> to so, save a lot of these people, these executives like tax returns. Right. Because like if you look at the, this budget, it's like how why would they do this? Why would they make this film this so terrible? They can, like make it up again yeah. in the long run. You know they released the film with like unfinished CGI where you can see Judy Dench's real life human hand in the film, wow. and then they then they sent out they patched the film and sent it back to cinemas so you could watch that. And also all the animators on the film they originally animated all the assholes and all the cats. <laughs> <laughs> All the sphincters. Yeah, there's all these, so all these like, clenching sphincters. Yeah, all these uh, cat buttholes in the film. Amazing. And uh, they had to go along and just edit out all of those because I think just someone came by, like a head animator, was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was yeah. this? So then, Immediately fire them. Yeah, so then when, when the film came out and there was this whole hoo-ha about it and, you know, they released the Schneider cut, hashtag released the yeah, Schneider yeah, yeah. cut, there was the release of the butthole cut <laughs> of, um, <laughs> of cats. But yeah. Who's the director of that? Is it David Fincher? Fuck no, Fincher. No, it's uh, Tom Hooper. Tom who directed, Hooper, um, Hooper. King, uh, King Speech and Les Miserables. I was going to say, because it was a fairly... The cast list is insane. There's, there's no one, probably James Corden, there's no one in that cast where you're like, I actively don't like that. I mean, Idris Elba's good. Yeah. Judy Dench is good. That Oz... That Ian McKellen's in it as Ian well. Ian McKellen. That Aussie chick. Yeah. The kind of com- sort of comedian... Actress. Oh, um, Rebel Wilson. That's it. She's, yeah. you know, she's pretty good and stuff. Uh, like the cast, this is top to bottom. Is pretty, yeah. You're like, okay, that's a solid cast. I'll take that. James, well, Ho- well, James Hooper is he? Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper. Well, that. apparently they had the all the original songs from the film, and then there's just one out of place song sang by Taylor Swift, who's in the film as a cat. Yeah. And that's an original song written by Taylor Swift. And it was so obvious they were trying to get an Oscar, best original song Oscar for this one scene. Yeah. I haven't seen the film, but apparently it's just fucking yeah, unwatchable. Yeah. Like, just garbage. And people just don't know why. How yeah. how could this be? <laughs> Tom Hooper's not a bad director. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I've seen. I don't really like Les Miserables. I like King's Speech. I, lo- I like. Enough. I mean, Les Miserables, Les Miserables is a slog to get through. Yeah, it's really hard because the to whole get film is singing. It's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. like a music. The, the the design of it, I really like. The look of it, I really like. Yeah, um, the, it sort of seems like a really advanced on stage thing. Yeah, with the way the sets lay out and the way they sort of pan the camera and things like that, it does look really cool. I really like the look of it and the yeah. sort of dark grunginess of it and the detail and stuff. But yeah, after a while, you're just like, oh. Christ, shut up. Wish, Stop Rus- singing. Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow, just <laughs> shut the fuck up with yeah. Well, and also, they did something really, like, weird with that film where they, because um, usually they'll, in a musical, you'll obviously film the scene and they'll either, like, lip re- lip sync or they just won't sing, like, to full voice. Yeah. You know, for the they'll do half voice for singing. But all the songs and that they filmed, they sang them on set, mm. so no one's really can really give it their all because they're just knackered from doing yeah. take after take after take. So with that, that watching it again with that in mind, you notice it because they're all just fucking like knackered from yeah, yeah. singing, especially as they're acting in the middle of it, yeah, and, and and physically doing stuff. I mean, I think the first scene or something is Hugh Jackman pulling on a massive yeah. fucking yeah. ship or a bit of rope or something while trying to sing, and he's clearly like. 
puffing his guts out, <laughs> yeah. puffing his lungs out, trying to sing while yanking yeah. on this incredibly heavy. You're just like, my God. You know the thing Hugh Jackman does as well before like his shirtless scenes in films when he's like that oh, ripped. Yeah, he thing. just won't drink for like two days beforehand so that Man. like all the... So like his skin tightens and stuff. So yeah. he's just fucking dehydrated, pulling on a fucking giant boat, trying to sing. Yeah, awful. Huge action. <laughs> yeah, huge jacked man. Huge <laughs> Jackson. Jackson. Huge yeah. action. I don't really. I can't think of a single musical that I was like, yeah, that was a really good one that I really liked. Have you seen um, that one with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga? No. I haven't seen that. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, it just seemed like Oscar bait, music- Oscar film. Oh type. yeah, it's it's if if Bradley Cooper at one point had turned around to the Oscar, yeah. the Oscar, the camera, grabbed the side of the camera like he was grabbing your face <laughs> and been like, "Please give me an Oscar," yeah. it would not have been. <laughs> that, like, that is not as obvious yeah. as the rest of the Oscar way, but it is a good film. It's like DiCaprio in The Revenant when he's like eating a raw fish and yeah. like fucking and it's clambering like, over rocks and being attacked yeah. by a real bear. Please. Or whatever. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Retire now and focus on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Um, no. And also, it's like a remake of a remake. I just didn't really. And it was just clearly like a big old we want a best original score. We want best original song. We want best actor, best director. Yeah. Those films that get made purely for Oscars. Like, did you see Theory of Everything when that came out? Oh, yeah. I hate that film. Yeah, that film sucks. I really so don't. boring. I don't like Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. And uh, that was really boring. That was really, really boring. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty... Uh, pretty well, there was something else that came out that year that you'll... That he, he won the Oscar for that, didn't he? Best yeah. Actor. But there was something else that came out there. He might... That someone... Another film that might have been nominated for Best Actor where I was like... Wow, that was really good. Yeah, in, intimidate, in, Imitation Game. That was good, yeah. yeah. Cumberbatch. Yeah. That's a pretty good film. That was, was a really weird year for um, Best Actors. I can't remember who else was nominated, but someone else, maybe it was... Like, someone was snubbed. Maybe it was Jake Gyllenhaal for Nightcrawler. Didn't get nominated oh, that year, I think. Did he not? No. I love that film. Yeah, really cool. Really good film. He's done some good stuff lately. Southpaw yeah. was really good. Was it? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, it's alright. I've seen it, it's alright. Yeah. yeah, he's done some good... He sort of hasn't missed the beat. He's like, they've all been... Yeah, there's no stinkers. There's no stink. There's no flops in any of them. Yeah. He's not drawn a floppy <laughs> on any of those ones in, a, in in quite a few years. Yeah, I like Gyllenhaal. Fucking... Well, I like Redman as well. I, I don't like him... I don't think I've seen a film where I liked him until this year, where he's in a film called Chicago 7, which is on Netflix. It's an Aaron Sorkin film. Right. You know, Aaron, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, he wrote and directed this film about this, um, like, Vietnam, um, like, riot that went on, and it was about the court case that followed it, and it's got Sasha Baron Cohen, Mark Rylance, fucking, like, all these actors in it. And he's in it as well, and he's really good in it, Eddie Redmayne. That's the only film I can think of where I thought he was actually good. Yeah. And it well, only not... came out this year, so I've only just turned on to Redmayne, because I didn't didn't like him in Fantastic Beasts, thought it was annoying. No, annoying. Um, didn't he's really... Theory, the most... Theory of Everything was good, but one it was all right, boring, but like, and he was good in it, I guess. Yeah. But... He's got the most punchable face. Yeah. There's something about that face. I just... Like, I've no doubt he's a very, very talented bloke. He's been in some films that I quite like. But it's just something about that face. Yeah. I just want no part of it. It gives me nightmares. I can't stand, you know, and I know when actors are doing the accent, you're meant to like dissolve into 
the feel of the film, whatever. But I just can't get over that he's a Harrow Eaton boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Harrow Eaton boys in films, like him and Tom Hiddleston and uh, Cumberbatch to an extent. Like they just come from these super high high class families. Yeah, and did you really have to struggle to get where you are? <laughs> no. Like, I mean, I know last episode you were talking about Tom Hardy and how overexposed he is, but for whatever you want to say about Tom Hardy, because he, 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 yeah, he's fucking worked hard to get yeah. to where he is. You know, he had to do fucking Bronson. You know, there was a point when he was like a horrible drug addict and yeah. he had a horrible life before becoming an actor. Yeah. You see that in his performances. With these guys, I don't know, just that, that Shakespeare play breed that comes out of Hollywood. That Hollywood seems to love. They love their British actors. Yeah, you know, um, don't like it. Don't like Redmayne because of that. No, I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. There's just something about his face. I can't. You just want to punch him in his yeah. posh mouth. He was. The, he's the other problem I have with the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. The other problem was Johnny Depp. Really, I think it was the best thing about the last one. The last one was just so confusing. Yeah, and was, made no sense. I didn't like him, and he was the best thing about those films. It says a but lot. Jude Law was alright. He just wasn't in it enough. Yeah, yeah. Why like, couldn't it have been the Dumbledore show? Why did it have to be the? Why did Newt Scamander have to be in it? I bet it, I have no idea. I basically <laughs> have no idea. Like the whole point of these films is is the Dumbledore Grindelwald Grindel Grindelwald thing isn't it it's the yeah the epic duel it's, it's their relationship it's the elder wand it's the it's their sort of on again off again relationship yeah and then their climax with the big duel and then that will somehow tie in with world war Two. yeah so why the bloody hell was newt scamander in it what's oh right oh yeah he's a name that we know is in harry potter because he wrote a book that's in the book yeah and that's about it so and then there's sort of lestrange is cropping up and all this sort of like just why did they go for Fant- like Fantastic Beasts? They're so restricting to do the first film as Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And then you have to now do a franchise. Especially of as like Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, the Harry- the book in Harry Potter. Yeah. That doesn't relate to Grindelwald or Dumbledore. Yeah. Like if it was if it was a book about the dark arts and the yeah. writer of the dark arts, okay, yeah, fair enough. If it was like a, a charms or a transfiguration book or something fair enough because theoretically that's what Dumbledore's teaching at the time yeah until the film when they make him a dark arts professor yeah like you kind of well that's another issue with those films is just they're not consistent they're not consistent and it's just like it's it's, a, it's again it's trying to milk the cash cow yeah it's the same problem I have with Star Wars same problem I have with The Hobbit and now we've got Fantastic Beasts what would be a better like Harry Potter series I always wanted to see like an aura series about like dark wizard I came detectives up with this or idea. something. I thought about this idea. Oh yeah, what? I thought about this idea quite a lot because I like Harry Potter. Oh yeah, what? Well, what's the idea? Hope you're listening, J.K. Rowling. We're about to tell you the yeah, school. Hope you're listening, J.K. Rowling. Obviously, yeah. you can't steal this idea. No. You your bigoted view. <laughs> I want a royalty from this one. Now I know. Now we see your true colours. Yeah. Um, the founding of Hogwarts. Yeah, like a Godric Gryffindor, Salazar Slytherin yeah. rivalry type deal. Yeah. Make yeah four films that'd be a really make... good like Netflix series. Yeah, so. they're making four films out of Fantastic Beasts, aren't they? Five. Five films. So you've got four... Okay, so let's pretend we've got five films at the founding of Hogwarts. One per film. One car- one house per film. Yeah. And then that person is the character like... Like when they do in The Crown, where it's like one episode is just about Margaret yeah. or something like that, but all the others are still in it. Do it, do it that way round for each of the founders. 
And then there's little bits of tension that run the whole way through because Salavar Slytherin's a racist and a prick and yeah. bald. And then Gryffindor, so on and so on. Helga's just there to make up the numbers. And, right. You so know, you focus on one of the founders for each of the films. Each of the four or films. Or for the episodes. Yeah. And then the fifth episode is like it's how the big, they all... It's the big fallout. Yeah. All right, yeah. Salazar Slytherin leaves. Gryffindor becomes headmaster. And it ends on a... You make it kind of political, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and, know, and it ends on a negative. Hand. It doesn't yeah. end on happily ever after. Slytherin leaves. They've all fallen out. But then you could do what happened after he left, and they, you could talk about Salaz, what did Salazar Slytherin do after Hogwarts and starts eating people with a snake. Yeah, and they could do like um, Helena Helena Ravenclaw, the ghost, puts a necklace in a tree. No, I don't want that. I don't want right. that in it because that relates back to Harry Potter. The whole like with with like Fantastic Beasts and all these sorts of Hobbit and all that sort of stuff, and. Star Warsy things and all these kind of really major blockbusters that are like in a sequential yeah. series of films. I want the new stuff when they're trying to reinvent when they're trying to reinvent it all. I just want it in the world. Nothing to do with the original things yeah. whatsoever. Like, remember that? Hmm? Remember that? Remember yeah, the basilisk? Exactly. This constant sort of nudge nudge. Remember the diadem? Yeah. Nudge nudge wink wink. Yeah. Just like put it in the world. Because I think nine like for serious harry potter fans or serious fans of any big franchise they want more of the world they don't want the same stories re- rehashed and or extended like oh, well we finished the seven, seven harry potter books oh, i'll tell you what let's do one about their kids so that it sort of relays again. yeah just to kind of keep trying to squeeze it as much as we can keep it in the world fine but just do completely out of nowhere yeah. like merlin yeah merlin is a character mentioned in harry potter yeah that's in the universe. Merlin. Do a, vi- a film about Merlin. Harry Why was Potter he in Slytherin? Yeah. All these sorts of things. You know, you can get so much out of the world without having to constantly stick within your little tiny corner of it that's just about Harry and his problems with his dad. Yeah. I even found the first Fantastic Beast, it felt like it was going to be a different story and then it it was like, oh, well, but in the second one, we're going to have to go to Hogwarts and it's going to have to be about actually be about Dumbledore and Grindelwald, which I actually prefer... I wish it. I hope it would just be that for the rest of it. Yeah, because I don't care about Newt Scamander. Don't care. Don't care about him. Don't care. Ninety percent of the stuff in the second one of those films, I didn't understand, and yeah, I didn't care. Why is there another Dumbledore? Dumbledore. Right, exactly. the end, that's the reveal. Exactly. How are they gonna? Uh, what does that mean? Because you <laughs> oh, exactly. You now now somehow you've got to justify that in a in a in a book series and a film series has a beginning and an ending like yeah. we know the history of Dumbledore because we've been told it over and over again we know the history of all these things we know where they will end up by the way there's another Dumbledore yeah but then now you gotta go back and rehash and there's that weird thing. bit when they're on the Titanic and there's like a baby switcheroo yeah there isn't but then one of them fell in the ocean they didn't really explain that very I was well. very confused so I was like the this... one that drowned is that the one that's still in it is, yeah. is that so who's the who's the one that like, which one's the one that drowned? Yeah, it's not clear. It's not very clear. There's a there's a scene in that film where they go to the um, graveyard in Paris and they go and it's just an exposition dump. Like every character's like, "Who are you? Yeah. Oh, who are you? Who are you?" They all give the, it's well, like I did a, this. It's so like this happens. It's like in the twenty next minutes scene. of exposition, just relentless exposition. And yeah, that's the that's the issue with these films. They're just like constant. Um, like wordy you know they're like yeah. they're like because they're so clearly written by jk rowling and 
whatever you want to say about being an author and versus being a screenwriter, they're completely different skills. Yeah. So, how do you relate to being a? How do you become a screenwriter after being an author? Because when you're an author, you can add all these tiny details. You can flesh stuff out. You got the time, haven't you? You got the time. Yeah. There's no. There's no particular limit on how long you can make your your world building. Yeah. There's no. You, you know. You can have a whole chapter where Hermione wants to be a, an elf activist. Yeah. You, your limits don't have to tick particular boxes in order to make sure you get the right size audience in all this sort of thing. I mean, I dare say there was a bit of that when she started having to finish the end of the book series when you know yeah. there's pressure because it's successful. But like, yeah, I mean, you... but but writing a film is completely different. You have to have like beats. You know, that's the other thing about there's no kind of when the second well the first one's kind of a basic film structure in a way I guess but the second one particularly it was so weird because it wasn't following kind of regular conventions and you can do that with a film where it doesn't have a traditional beginning middle and end like a second act you know but Crimes of Grindelwald it was just like just wandering around and there's just nothing going on and I'm very confused and there's a scene now we're having a flashback and now there's another flashback here's a character that we're going to establish but then she's going to die at the end and then and I'm just like, what's what's going on? You know, I consider myself really knowing a lot about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. And I was very confused during really, most, really most of the film. Really confusing. So yeah, I think I just blame it on that. Like she's not and this is why I think that the Steve Clovers from um who wrote all the Harry Potter screenplays with J.K. Rowling. Right. No, he just wrote the screenplays. I think he just adapted them. He's coming back to do the next Fantastic Beast, so he's gonna flesh it out and make it more into a proper screenplay as yeah. opposed to an author's attempt at writing a screenplay. I've uh, got a question for you about Fantastic Beasts, the second one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right person. I'm very confused I've, about a lot Well, of yeah, things, but... this is why I'm asking you. Who's the main character? <sighs> I mean, I guess, you know... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Newt Scamander, <laughs> isn't it? But, like... Is it? Who's the story about? Well, it's more about Credence, right? I thought the second one seemed to be about that Lita Lestrange one. I guess, yeah. A lot. But I didn't even... I didn't, We're Anne Grindelwald. But she dies at the end. Does she? Yeah. Does she? Yeah. Yeah. The, the oh. girl who's going to play um, Catwoman in... I can't remember her name. Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Yeah, her, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she dies at the end. Does she? she? Yeah, she she jumps into Grindelwald's portal or whatever and burns. Oh, man. Totally missed that. So she's gone. Um, Is it Grindelwald? Is it even Dumbledore? I mean, it's about... I'd rather it was Dumbledore. The ticking but thing behind the scene is Dumbledore versus Grindelwald, so surely it should be there. Yeah. Who's the main character there? That's well, that's, the, thing, that's the problem. It's like, why has it got to be called Fantastic Beasts and why has bloody Newt Scamander got to be shafted in there? It's got nothing to do with him. But yeah, that's enough. We could talk about Harry Potter for so long, but we should probably talk about something else. Um, what's going on? Oh, I found... So well, yesterday, when we were talking about Viggo Mortensen, and you were like, yeah, he's a really interesting guy. He's like writes poetry and does photography and shit. I've got a book by Viggo Mortensen um, there, um, which I got ages ago, and it's a, like it's like a poetry but also a photography book. Right. And he writes really pretentious poems and stuff in it. And it's he made it before he did Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was interesting. Might have, a, know about, might have a look at that during the week. Viggo Mortensen, he likes to write um, poetry. I think you've. No offence, because I know you liked it a few years ago. What? Sort of the poems and stuff. I like poetry, yeah. So, well, I've got it, yeah. Right. Why? Um, I think if you're writing poetry or reading poetry, you're already, you're pretentious. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I just, I. there seems to be like, 
this might just be my experience of education right <laughs> from like you associate poetry with like english literature and language no i don't think i think they're completely separate actually i think if you're someone that really likes to write poetry and really likes reading poetry i think you are deliberately trying right. to seem like it's more about oh, i like to i like poems everyone yeah it's not about i actually enjoy it it's no just a, i'm i'm a poet you yeah know, i i it's this sort of will to be at least people that you met at uni were the, like a pretentious poet type people that you yeah uni. yeah and the poetry they society. were all like that the professors i had because just for a bit of background information for your listeners so you're saying no one who likes poetry <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, everyone I, who likes poetry is a uh no obviously this is a generalization yeah but i don't see i had to read loads while i was at uni it was part of the curriculum had to do loads during a levels had to do loads during GCSEs in school and all that sort of thing. I never found any of them even remotely enjoyable to read. Right. I don't understand the point of it. I don't understand the structures and nuances and all this sort of thing. It just seems to be garble for the sake of mysteriousness. Right. You you prefer a straightforward narrative. Yeah. Like a storybook. Like a book. Yeah. yeah. I, it just seems to be like an enigma cloaked in a mystery for the sake of being too deep for the for mere mortals to understand sure okay. like, i mean oh, I, give me a break i mean I, I don't agree but i i suppose i see what you're trying to what you're saying but i mean what i like i personally what i like to read is like beat poetry i like alan ginsburg and um jack kerouac and those guys from the 1960s they were like these rebellious like literature mm. writing dudes and they were trying to start a revolution and shit. And their their writing reflects that. If you read How by Alan Ginsberg, it's all about revolution and capitalism and shit. Right. And it's really cool. And it, there's stuff in there that that you can't really get from a straightforward narrative because it's so conceptual right. and cool in a way. It's like comparing like a literature, the same right, like a book versus a song. You know. Right. Okay. That's yeah. basically what music is, isn't it? It's just poetry with songs yeah. but with like music behind it yeah yeah I'm, yeah no doubt i am completely wrong and have not experienced the sort of, so you're not interested in reading what vigo mortensen wrote i'll have a read of it because it's vigo mortensen it's, but, about, it's pretty shit but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh i would guarantee that i would not understand unless the thing that he's talking about in his poems is the title of the poem like if this one was called pretty birds yeah then i will have no idea what he's trying to say I will have no idea what he's getting at. I will have no idea. I'm just completely dense with it. I just, I don't sort of get the point that you're trying to get. I, mean, I used to hate. I I did English literature and language at college, and I used to hate having to analyze poems because yeah. it's just having to highlight words and yeah, put your own meaning behind it. But you know that you're wrong probably, and that the, who's to say what the author actually meant? Yeah. Isn't that? But it doesn't matter of... anyway because it's all conceptual and it's yeah. all individual. Yeah. And then and also they'd intentionally pick a poem that's, um, I mean, there was a really good poem I analysed in college, actually. It was about, like, the IRA and in, like, the war between Ireland and us. It was called Belfast Confetti. Did you ever read that poem in school? No. Really cool. It was about how, like, ash, like, there was a symbolism, like, ash falling from the sky, and it, they used to call it, like, Belfast Confetti and shit. Um, that was a really good poem. But they'd only ever choose a poem where they could have the right answers, you know? The yeah. teacher could be like, no, it's not about that, actually. You know, it was never about what the, what poetry should actually be, which is everyone gets their own opinion or view about what it's actually about. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what squashed 
people. Yeah, a lot of people like, love my, Also, poems, poetry is kind of dead up at this point. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest, it's a bit dead. I think my criticism. Unless you can make it funny, like John Cooper Clark or someone. Yeah, but... I think my criticism is more of the poet community that I was yeah. a part of briefly, and not necessarily a poet community. So basically, I so I did creative writing and journalism. Yeah. Creative writing was a pain. And it was stupid and it was full of these pretentious people that I was just talking about. So I switched into politics. So the whole of the creative writing side of my degree was poetry. It wasn't about stories. It wasn't about how to write creatively that would then translate into into journalism or social media or newspaper articles or poetry or books or anything like that. It wasn't about like teaching you to be a better writer in general. It was just... How do you feel about this particular poem? Yeah. That was basically all it was. So I think my criticism is more of the poet uh, yeah. community that I was exposed to for a long time rather than of poetry itself. Yeah, you always get, you know, you get pretentious pricks in every medium. Oh, yeah. Who just. Like, I hate pretentious film people. That was the. When I was in college and I had to do films, when I didn't have to do film studies, I chose to do film studies. And uh, I was the pretentious prick. I yeah. went in there and I was like, uh, I remember the first lesson, they, like, they were doing like warm up icebreakers, and, it, and the teacher was like, let's go around and everyone say their favorite director. And everyone in the class said Quentin Tarantino, every single person, until it got to me. And I said Steve McQueen, because I'd just seen 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I'm going to be different. Uh, but then I met a guy who was trying to do the same thing in the class and he was trying to be the pretentious dickhead and I hated him. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm not going to be that guy, you know. But then I ended up actually getting on with him all right. But Which, yeah, you get this you get this with music, like music snobs. Yeah. I hate those kind of people. But... Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Just really, um, just clicky, you know, about what they like and, oh, I like this. Yeah, it's incredibly defensive and you don't really get it and you only seem to get it in sort of art forms, don't you? Like, if you're someone who's really interested in like I'm really in, I'm I don't do any of it, but I'm interested in woodworking, yeah, and like building canoes and how they used to build old ships and stuff like that. I really like that sort of thing. And if you were to meet anyone in a coffee shop or at random who's also interested in the same thing you're interested in, you get along straight yeah. away. You've immediately got something that you like. But it seems to be if it's a, if it's a sort of truer art form, like a film or a music sure. or something like that. If you meet someone who theoretically is in the same 
camp as you in terms of your interests, that immediately makes you enemies of each other yeah. because you don't like exactly the same ones, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm thrilled to learn that there's another NBA fan in my community because yeah. there just aren't any because I'm British, you yeah. know? Whereas, like, if it's like, oh... I don't, I'm sure there's pretentious NBA fans. Oh, I'm sure there are. And there's must... Because it was the same. It's the same. Like, man, there's the same with sailing. You get this when we used to sail when we were younger. You get those. Oh yeah, you don't do it the same way as us. Yeah. Well, we're into this fucking type of sailing. It's like we're just here to sail, mate. You know. Please calm down. Calm down, mate. Yeah. Don't get so ready about it. Don't get so bloody. uh, Just don't don't get just trying to sail. Yeah. yeah. Don't get your rope in a knot. Or do. Depending on what it needs on the boat. Yeah. Depends on the knot, mate. I haven't been sailing in years. We used to go sailing a lot when you were younger. When we were younger. We were... I was the only person I knew in my year who had their own boat. But we weren't rich. No. <laughs> we just had boats. When you... Uh, when people sort of think that you... Oh, wow. You've got your own boat. Yeah. What they don't understand is that the boat in question was two pieces of plastic that were glued <laughs> together in a factory. Yeah. That you could buy a brand new one of for about 150 quid. Yeah. Which if you saved up your pocket money, you could get in about nine months. Yeah. <laughs> and did, if you look, if you mowed the lawn <laughs> every now and then and did a few odd jobs and saved a bit of your money from working down the garden center, yeah, you could save together enough to get one of these boats, which, you know, for us, it was great. Like I love my laser. Yeah. I still wish I hadn't sold it, but like I never would have sold it again, probably. It was just the same equivalent of someone who's really into who played the guitar in school and they had a really good guitar and amp mm. and we just had boats, you know. Yeah. They weren't even like brand new boats and we got them. No, they were no, like no. second hand boats. It's weird how some hobbies sort of think or activities and stuff people think is immediately expensive. Yeah. Like uh like sailing or if you were someone who really into think of a hobby quick guy. Woodworking, woodworking, maybe you like maybe that was expensive. You got to get all the tools and stuff. Yeah, like go out a shed or a shed. <laughs> Whereas, like, if you play hobby as a foot, if you play football as a hobby, I mean, yeah, then a football is not expensive. Oh, just quick kick around. But it does become a kick around. Yeah, but it becomes. When was the last time you went for a football kick around? I don't know. It's probably twelve. Yeah, eleven, ten, maybe. Well, when the World the Cup cricket. was going on, me and my mates, and we were living in this house here, we got really into football for like that amount of yeah. time. I remember you getting really into Jamie Vardy. Yeah, well, that was the that was the meme. We were really we we became Leicester City supporters, <laughs> and we got really into like football, but like ironically, and then uh, we were like, let's go for it. And Jack, my friend Jack, bought like a Leicester City football shirt, <laughs> and we went and played um foot like went for a kick. Let's go for a kickabout. So we went for an actual kickabout, just us. There was no one there to like enjoy the joke we were doing we just went did a kick about and it was knackering because we were all just smokers and we just yeah. like just been at the pub and we bought a football went to this fucking uh yeah just field and had a kick about and yeah fuck it people would have been people would look at you no no one is going to walk past you walking their door look at you and be like look how ironic they're being yeah yeah <laughs> they're just having a kick about basically it was yeah that's an incredibly ironic bit of football you're doing and it was the only time we ever did that was yeah during the world cup that was nuts when that was going on especially in our town it was yeah. just mental i was in uh croatia when we played croatia oh yeah i remember you saying about in, that uh, in the world cup that was mental i was absolutely mental you just felt i just felt so unsafe yeah <laughs> to be there in this like hotel bar and in like bars around the town and stuff. Were you with other English people? Or was it just you? Yeah, I was with Lauren and a few of our friends. And did anyone get some get any shit? No, 
Croatians. Then nothing really happened, but there was a, there was quite a few other English people in the hotel, and I didn't feel safe around them. And I don't think the Croatian people felt safe. What around the English people? Around the English oh, people, they were just yobbos. Yeah, they? yeah. Or like Essex. Really loud. Right. Really. We are the worst. We're really, the worst. Really shouty at the TV that was up on the wall of the bar in the hotel, and you're just sitting there like. You know, I, neither of us particularly like football. I couldn't give less of a shit about professional yeah. footballers. Um, but if England are playing during a World Cup, I don't mind sitting down and watching a game. Yeah. Like, I'm quite happy to sit down and watch an England game in a World Cup. But that's about it. If it's a significant tournament, sure. I'd rather watch it on mute so I don't have to listen to the commentators talk about how hard they're all working. They're yeah. not, mate. They run around for 90 minutes a week. That's not yeah. hard. So... Well, I don't know. I think it's probably really hard to keep up the shape, and you have to be good at you have to be really good at fucking the best in the world at the sport, right? That's got to be really hard. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do what they do. I don't get how specifically in football because I will make the I will make Look the how case massive that field is that they have to run about like running from one side to the other constantly. Yeah, for ninety minutes. But that like... wasn't difficult when you were younger and into PE. Sure, well, yeah, they're all, and all if in you really just good shape. It and through all... your adulthood, that's not difficult. Well, you've also got to be really intelligent about, like, you've got to be. You good need to at know, football, yeah, yeah, you need to know the rules of football inside out, and you need to know exactly where you need to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly. But the point, the point I will make is that the like when the commentators are like, "Oh, he needs a week off this week because he's played four weekends in right, a row." Yeah, the sympathy, the sympathy, like, right? Yeah, he needs a rest because he's played for the last four weekends in a row, and you're like, well. If you're playing, a, if you're a pro and you're playing at the weekend, why are you knacking yourself out in the week so that you can't yeah. play at the weekend? Right. You know your focus is on eighty minutes a week, ninety minutes a week. So why are you getting knackered after six weeks? Well, they got to do a lot of training and shit. Well, of course, yeah. But why are you doing so much of that? Or why are people making you do so much of that <laughs> that you can't do it? No, you need you only need a bit of training. You only need a bit of training if your focus is on the ninety minutes. Talk about tactics. Sure. Do a bit of training once a day, like an hour. <laughs> Why are you getting cramp? It's, it's, You're a professional athlete. <laughs> it's so it is and what goes on. They obviously they have to. They're always training before they like when they're yeah, when England's made the World Cup. They're always training. So. Yeah, and then they get knackered. Well, they're not just training Cut down on the training. Well, they're not just training their bodies, are they, to stay in shape? They're also training like their mark. They're the, working yeah. with the team, so they know their yeah, yeah. Place they've got to, they've got to be able to run around and do maths, so that they know how many quid they're earning for every step they take. Yeah, and what the score is. Yeah, what the score is because counting to sort of four. Sure. When the other team is counting to sort of four or yeah. maybe three. I mean, I'm, I'm playing. I mean, that is hard. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I got I got no dog in this. Fight. I don't care about footballers. No, know, see, I'm right. They can all yeah. you know be good at it or what they want. I don't care. Yeah, but um, I think it takes more than just. Oh, I'm sure it does, and I'm I am taking the piss. But when you look at other sports like boxing, yeah, the toll that that takes on your body. Oh yeah, just getting punched in the face. Yeah. Like regardless, like let's let's assume that the average footballer and the average boxer are at the absolute physical peak of their life and they're yeah. never, ever, ever going to be in that good a shape again because it's all downhill from here. The sport itself, how much toll does playing football take on the body? Compared you, you to might, something you like might boxing. twist your ankle, might yeah. You might twist your ankle. Yeah, you might, gr- rather you might than skin getting, up your knees. Rather than getting absolutely punched in the face 
by an 18 stone Russian bloke yeah. six times a day, yeah. every day. Yeah, got to do, got to wake up early and do a bit of sparring. Yeah, and I mean like, got a bit of sparring. I've got to punch this bag so it comes back at me. Yeah, yeah, fuck being a boxer. Or rugby, for example. I know I'm going to be a bit biased there because of being a big old rugby fan. Yeah, and you've watched some rugby today, so you're like amped on rugby. I'm amped on rugby. I watched the game today. France v Scotland. It was a good game, despite the uh, bit of a penalty back and forth, but it was a good game. But like, despite, regardless of what you do during the week, if you're a pro rugby player, the toll that 80 minutes of rugby will take on the body, and they play every week, unless they're physically injured, they're all playing every week. Yeah. And then the footballers are like, oh, you know. Well, there's that, it's just the mentality's different, isn't it? Like, yeah. footballers are just sort of... Pussies. Well, I wasn't going to say pussies, but yeah, I guess they are kind of pussies yeah. compared to the, the average rugby player. I'm sure this, like, you still get the the rugby player who's, like, shouting at the ref occasionally, right? And no. Like, Really? Just, well, that just never happens. I've, I've, I have never ever seen. Well, they're all just respectful. Yeah, and they're all just like all they right, will talk to the ref. Time, They'll go up to the ref for the ruck. Yeah, they will talk to the ref. So if they if the captain or someone is disagreeing with a ref's decision, they'll go up to him and talk him and sort of try and not change his mind, but they'll try and sort of get their point across. But as soon yeah. as the referee turns his, turns their bluegles. On the on the player and yeah. gives them the old brat eyebrow or sort of says no none of more none none of that they're like sorry sir no sir and walk back off yeah do they gob are they gobbing no football oh, I can't, I can't players don't gob can't remember seeing a player gog 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 gob gob yeah well yeah that's just that respect I suppose it's more of a it's a gentleman's sport in it rugby yeah compared to football football's sport. for lads and yeah. yobbos yeah. And that's kind of true in all the countries, <laughs> yeah. right? They're all just kind of horrible. <laughs> yeah. It is what weird how see? like a sport gets a culture in that way. Yeah. Although I can't think of any other particular sport. Like the the, the stereotype of like darts, it's yeah. just supported by really, really drunk northerners. Yeah. And rugby league is like really, really hard northerners. <laughs> yeah. And it's like snooker is by no one. No one likes snooker. Yeah, no one watches snooker, Don't do they? Get snooker. I couldn't. I mean, I can watch snooker if it's happening in front of me. Someone's playing it. Yeah. Same with pool. Pool is better, but if I, I couldn't sit down and yeah. watch someone play it on the TV that yeah. I don't know. And then it's like tennis. Because I can't tell if it's good or not. I can't tell. If, I, yeah, can't, I can't. I don't know the ratio. Like, you could. It. You could get someone who's an amateur versus someone who's amazing at it, and you could put them, and you could not tell me which is which. Yeah. Who they are, and I wouldn't. I, don't I, wouldn't, know be able to, I wouldn't know the skills. Yeah. I don't know the skill set. And then I don't get with tennis. No one gives a fuck about tennis. And then once a year for two weeks, Wimbledon's yeah. on, and everyone's like, "Well, tennis is the best British sport there is." No one gives a shit about that. Well, tennis is really like an upper class sport, though. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone who likes it is called Teresa, <laughs> and they're all fifty-one. There's a really good film Time called. Borg versus McEnroe, and it's got. Do you know who John McEnroe is? He's yeah, like this yeah, crazy fucking. Yeah, he's this crazy fucking tennis player, and Shia LaBeouf plays him in this film, and he's Brilliant. just a nutcase. And that's a really good film. It's like a Swedish, English, not American, Swedish film. And that was the only thing that's kind of made me go, oh, yeah, tennis is all right. Watching like clips of John McEnroe on YouTube, just going yeah. mental. <laughs> I like that stuff in sports, and you get the old sort of bloopers reel. Yeah, of stuff that comes up on YouTube now and then when you're scrolling through the NBA news or the rugby news, yeah. and you get the just stuff like that where it's like 
things that just are completely out of place. Yeah. Whether, whether it's a mistake by a sportsman in the sport that they're doing or just something that's completely out of place. I like those. That's yeah. funny. It's good to watch these things. Do you, do you actually have a favourite sport or do you still care so little about sport um, that you... Uh, nah, bro. Football's a favourite sport. I support Leicester City. <laughs> No, still, no. still peddling that. Old. Uh, no, I no, I don't. I don't actively follow any sport, um, and I don't actively play any sport, and I never have. The only sport that I was ever really good at at school was rugby, but I didn't like do it playing it. I only played it during like the inter house games because you had to be good at rugby in our family, though. Yeah, well, I was in I was in the lowest set for PE because I just didn't, didn't care. Shit. Yeah. And when we used to play rugby, I'm not bragging, but I used to just completely own everyone else. Yeah. We, and the PE teacher said, yeah, you can't keep doing this because yeah. you've got to give everyone else a yeah, chance. Yeah, I like that as well. So, I don't think that was... I'm not trying to brag. No, like, that's just what I happened. Think, I, yeah, I think like realistically, I mean... I matured quickly. I was very tall and strong and I could run yeah. very quickly. I that was the only thing that put me apart yeah, from we'd, we'd, everyone else. I didn't have the same of... mentality as all these other guys. So I just didn't care. Yeah. So... We were just freak. I think we were freaks of nature at, yeah. at sort of 12, 13. So when you're playing against, you know, 12, 13 year olds and you're like built like a 17 year old, yeah, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. But I think that's our own. Our but I own, wasn't good at the sport. I was just good at. They, it was like Forrest Gump. They'd give me the ball and I'd run. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know tactics. Like they'd, I would occasionally I'd forward pass and stuff or I'd do something stupid by accident that was a foul. I wasn't like I didn't have the deep knowledge of rugby. Yeah. I didn't want to pursue rugby. Yeah, I was also really good at dodgeball. That was the main sport that I was actually oh, cared yeah, about. Really, I man. fucking love dodgeball. dodgeball. And we used to, when we did in-house dodgeball because I am actually competitive when I care about something. Yeah, if I'm playing a game or I'm having an argument or a debate with someone, I get competitive. And that was the only sport that I can remember actually caring if I won or lost. Yeah, and that was because. We were in the scouts for ten years, and every single Wednesday we'd play dodgeball. So oh, I just I just had ten years of dodgeball training, yeah. <laughs> free dodgeball training. Yeah, so I was just I used to just absolutely dominate at yeah. dodgeball, trying to hit little Timmy in the face with a, <laughs> with, a with a with a deflated football. Yeah, yeah, we used to just play dodgeball relentlessly. So that was the only sport that I was ever good at, really. Yeah. I miss it. I miss PE at school. It was good. It was about the only thing worth going to school for. They ever tell you about them when I was in school? We had all, all the kids in year nine in the same, like, uh, we had this big PE class with all the kids in year nine. And the head of PE was having, doing the lesson. And he made us put us into groups. And then we had to race each other to find who was the fastest of each group. Right. And then it got down to, you know, 20 kids. And then it was 15 kids, 10 kids. Yeah. And then there was it got down to three kids, and then there was just one kid, the fastest kid in my year, and the head of PE was like, "All right, now you're going to race me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he raced him, and then he won, and then that was the end of the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. That's that was All right. Today I'm going to find out if I, if I'm faster than all the year nines. <laughs> that was his thing. He was a nutter. He'd he'd do things like. He'd, you know those kind of ball bags you get with footballs in them? Yeah. He'd get them, like a ball bag, empty the ball bag onto the floor, pick up the balls, and absolutely <laughs> hoof them as hard as he could across the field, and then be like, 
go and get them. <laughs> go, go and get them, class. Oh, and I fucking then, hate PE. And then it'd be like the last one's bullshit. back. Yeah, and then it'd be like the last one's back without... If you didn't have a ball, you were on the B team. Yeah. And if you were someone who raced, who ran and got a ball, you were going to be on the A team. Yeah. And then the A team would play the B team. Yeah. And if it was well, a what's rugby, that supposed to teach, though? I, I've never understood this fucking crazy PE teacher mentality. Because I used to... I hated PE because all the PE teachers were just pricks a lot of the yeah. time. You know, it's, it's, it's there was like, this PE teacher mentality. Like that, we had to do the twelve minute. I hated the twelve minute run. We had to do a twelve minute run like every three weeks. Yeah. The whole lesson was taken up by the twelve minute run. I don't know how it's twelve minutes. <laughs> the twelve minute run that lasted fifty. Yeah, minutes. we'd have like double lessons with the twelve minute run, and with the twelve minute run would just take up two hours of our Your time. time for the twelve minute run. Yeah, and also forty-eight minutes, and it was never like we want to fucking time you and get you, and we'll record it, and then I never found out if I ever improved in twelve-minute run, and there was always one or two PE teachers that would join in on the twelve-minute run, which was just running around the astroturf, yeah, just to see how good they were, just so they could overtake you, just to see how twelve minutes their run was. It was fucking yeah, Yeah. the PE PE teachers. I I don't know. I might have had a different experience because I was good at PE. Yeah, (laughs) but. Well, you cared about PE. I cared like, about I, PE. I would have been good at some of these sports. I just yeah. didn't care enough, you know. Maybe I'd always it. forget my kit on purpose, or I just didn't feel like doing PE that day. Yeah, but there's definitely a thing. Was like PE teachers. They seem to be like, yeah, like you said, really trying to prove themselves in front of twelve year olds. Yeah, <laughs> like, like what is that getting? Where is that getting you? Yeah. Like proving that you're the best at basketball as a twenty eight year old male. Yeah, against. 10 year old kids yeah i mean obviously you are because you're a full-grown man (laughs) so it's like that and then all of pe like the way they seem to sort of i don't know of any other subject where teachers would favor kids more yeah like the favoritism that would happen in a pe class or like between sets and all that sort of thing it was like natural selection yeah it was like pe teachers would put the put natural selection through the ranks of the boys and whoever was the cool kids would be in the top set yeah or unless you were a freak of nature like i was just because you your balls dropped earlier than everyone else's yeah it was like it was yeah it was, it was, it was always the kids selection. that liked football as well they're always the like yeah. the, the chavy kids they're always the favorites of the class why well, our sets were determined in year seven and they stayed that set from mm. year seven onwards there was three sets there was a b and c and i was in c because i just didn't care and the way they determined that was they were just like, all right, who really likes and plays football? And then they were in first top set. Yeah. Who sort of likes football? <laughs> and they were in B set. Yeah. And then it was like, and, all right, the rest of you, yeah. like, you who's nerds. Got the, who's got the neater, <laughs> neatest hand right Yeah. All right, all you nerds, you can all be in C set. Yeah. And you could also, there was, being in bottom set for PE, you could tell that the PE teacher just hated having to teach us because yeah. we, we didn't want to do anything. They gave up on our set C. It really like in in like year eight and year and and all the way through to year eleven. There was it was really small because there was I think it was quite a big ratio of girls to boys in my year. Right. So the and then it was split between A and the A's and the ones, wasn't it? It was like so even so you, the number of boys in your sets at PE is even smaller because the year is in half. So all the nerdy kids that go into set C, you know, they're the ones that you've got the fucking. <laughs> The, the bottoms don't fit in their yeah. shorts properly and all this yeah. sort of thing. And they're wearing dad's trainers and all this yeah. sort of thing. This, the, all, the, all the really, really nerdy kids that just had absolutely no interest in PE or sports or yeah. any of that at all. 
they just gave up on them basically and yeah. let them do what the fuck they like during that two hours a week. So an hour on Tuesday and an hour on a Friday morning or something like that. Those guys were just fucking in the library, just yeah. left to sit at the side and do other homework or smoke behind the shed or something. They just yeah. didn't just by like year eight. That was it. They didn't get a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Like the teachers just didn't. Get, pr- I think didn't that might have happened for my year, but I don't think I was. Maybe I'd moved up at that point. But there was always like a few kids, even if they hadn't forgot their kit, who just weren't partaking in PE and they'd just be sitting there wearing yeah. their blazer sitting on the bench yeah and just watching do you ever feel like kids used like other kids used to get out of doing stuff far easier than you would be able to get out of doing it no i was in that could get out of doing stuff right. kind of i always felt like the, i know you were the sports hero of our school but i was the don't really i wasn't I was, sam was i was the don't care about stuff in my year guy i was just like i don't care none of the teachers cared i used to get like all the all my teachers liked me but I never, I never used to do homework ever. I just, just didn't used to do it, and I'd always, or if I really, How? if it got to the, like, po- yeah, if, if it got to the point where I really had to do it because it was like my third warning, I'd just do it quickly and just hand it in shit, and then I've done it. So it's whatever. But one time, my teacher, my food tech teacher, who I fucking hated. She gave me a detention for it for not doing my homework, and the way the detentions worked in our school, which you had to sit in the main hall with everyone else from all the years who also got a detention after school and you had to just sit there and look at the wall for an hour yeah and i walked in and i was like hey you know and they're like all right sit down and they were like uh i, I was just like get i was about to do my homework and they're like you're not allowed to do that you could, you have to just watch sit at the wall and i'm like <laughs> i'm here because i didn't do my homework surely do you, do you the just punishment not... is i have to do my yeah. homework what, what what am i learning from this it was just yeah. a complete well, our school was shit. To be Did honest. you get any like, a lot of detentions? I don't yeah, remember I used, you getting a lot I used of to get a lot of detentions. I, got, yeah, I think I was, I was quite like annoyed at six school. in the six years I was there. And every single one of them, the teachers acted like the world had come crashing down. As soon as one yeah. of the sort of well-behaved kids is in a detention. If you ever, when I was in detentions, there was always a kid who, because the way the detentions work, you'd just be with everyone. There was usually a kid in there who just didn't want to be, who didn't, it was their first attention. <laughs> yeah, the shit scared one. Yeah, I'd be like, first time, huh? <laughs> first time. I used to just get in trouble for like talking in class. My my year at school was a really bad year and my form was already, my form was so bad they had to split us in half. They put like half of us with another form tutor for two years and then they put us back together again because we were just so naughty. I mean, I wasn't even that naughty in my form. It was just... Just chavy kids. Just so many chavy kids in my yeah. year. I think I had a pretty good form group on the whole. But I just, like, don't care about... You know, people are like, oh, I really wish I was still at school. I don't. School was shit. Yeah. I really, really hate school. You weren't popular in school. I don't even think it was that. I just, I don't, didn't see what I was, what, what I was getting out of it. What what I was trying to do. Like, you're constantly trying to... Like, in in a kind of sports group that I was in, you're constantly trying to beat each other at sports. Yeah. So your friendships are always slightly fractured. Yeah. Because some guy just beat you at something or you just beat them and they're pissed at you. Yeah. You always get injured. You always, I was always getting injured or faking injury because I just got beat and I didn't want to seem like I got beat so I felt like I'd get injured instead. Um, Or because you're lads, you're constantly trying to hook up with the chicks yeah and you just like, get to the end of it and you're like wow that was what have I learnt here what have I actually learnt here that stood me in good stead oh fuck all that's what I've learnt 
Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's just the thing about school, and everyone's got their school story. I don't fucking yeah. I'm glad I'm not in school. I wasn't like unpopular in school. For the first few years, I was, but then you just sort of by year eleven, it just sort of doesn't really matter anymore. But everyone's just no. sort of settled into who they are in terms of popularity. Like no one's no one's still like at least Fighting at least for their place yeah. No like no one's like 10. oh I hope I get in with this group by year eleven or whatever. Everyone's just sort of established yeah. like this is where we're all at. Yeah. <laughs> You know? know your place. Yeah, so. But yeah. It's kind of pointless. Waste of time. Absolute waste of time. Oh, I just got a message. Is it from... Uh... Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just some bollocks. But yeah, still didn't get any... Uh, no, still not get any replies from that um, tweet. So, if you, if you were going to send in a message and then you didn't... Uh, do uh, do yeah just tweet me or just send a we'll wrap this up in a minute just send an email to dishboymax at gmail.com and it'll definitely get read if it's a question uh, abuse uh, a statement (laughs) yeah any thoughts musings ponderings wanderings ideas suggestions yeah Um, abuse I mean just write in to abuse us yeah. It's been so long since we were abused. Yeah. I mean, properly abused, trolled is what we want, really. Yeah. Make us feel alive in the lockdown. Yeah. Are you looking forward to coming out of lockdown again? Alex? No, I've got to go out to work. Sucks. Well, I don't know. It's, some days I'm just like, well, I'm furloughed at the moment. I'm just staying, staying in, doing nothing. And some days I literally, I really do nothing mm. in terms of there's nothing that's progressed my life in any way that's happened yeah. during the day um i'll just drink beers and watch something on youtube or a film i don't even watch that many films and <laughs> it's got a bit sad <laughs> <laughs> so i guess going back to work will give you that sense of purpose again yeah but uh yeah i'm just not i work in hospitality so if they introduce another eater to help out the scheme, my, my job's just going to suck for the next however long. And then we have to go back into another lockdown probably, so it's just a shit show. But apparently they're going to be changing the tier list uh, things to make it more uh, strict. So oh, great. it's going to be like coming out of a lockdown going into like a lesser lockdown probably. Okay. That's why here anyway, who knows? They might even extend lockdown for longer. Please do. Boris, when you're listening on your... Uh... You get an hour spare to yourself. Um, keep the lockdowns going. I think it's a. Let's make a film about Boris. Who should play him? James Corden. No. Matt Lucas. No. Uh, Boris can just play himself. Yeah. Yeah, like he, like they did on extras. They just get Ian McKellen to play a fictional version of Ian McKellen. Why would Ian McKellen be in the Boris Johnson no, film? Get Bor- that's what I'm saying. Get Boris Johnson to play the fictional version of Boris Johnson. Yeah. And Ian McKellen. Um, yeah, it's like a buddy cop. And then cop. also get Ian McKellen in there. It's like a buddy pol- political cop. Ian McKellen can play Stanley Johnson, Boris's dad. Right. Um, Is he in the public eye, Stanley Johnson? Yeah, yeah. He's a famous bloke. Is he? What yeah. does he do? Boris Johnson, um, he's high bred, right? Oh, he's his really... last name's Johnson and his first name's Boris. But his, and he's got the you know his, his the first name's actually Alexander. Is it? Yeah, his like his his full name is like Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson or something like de that. De Feffel. De Feffel. 
Puffeffel. Buffeffel. It's definitely a feffel. Right. He was born in New York to a very, very upper class family. His dad was like a very significant newspaper editor or journalist or broadcaster or something like that. And I think he then went on to have a career as a politician as well. Might be wrong. Um, but like his brother, like he, you know, he's Eton, Harrow, Cambridge, Oxford, all the way through, basically. Yeah. Like his brother, I think both his, like his sit, I think his sister is like the editor of a major newspaper. His little brother is also in the Tory party and a member of parliament. It's just like a mental level of conservative yeah. Britain the whole way through. Yeah, like, so I guess these just these families, just there's these upper class families in this country that just breed all the people that are in charge. Yeah, and Boris Johnson's kids will be in charge. And how do we break that cycle? You know, Shoot. we just have to tear tear down their fucking Shoot. houses. Yeah, I know how we break it. Yeah, move to New Zealand. Well, doesn't so we can't all go there. I don't mean all of us. Just not enough jobs for on, there's not enough film set jobs in this no there's not and you get treated badly as well by the big studios yeah there you go big studios and eating college that's what's ruining this premise. that's what is ruining this country yeah this one's great country well a lot of big studios do film in London to be fair like all the Marvel films get filmed in London all where there. Just, just, just on the streets of London no, Pinewood Studios and um, is that in London yeah and well, the, the other one uh, can't remember what it's called now, but they always get filmed in London. Wow. All the Marvel films, all the Star Wars films. Luther, that was filmed in London. Yeah, because that's used an to... English show, though, isn't it? Yeah, Idris Elba, that cop show, that's really good. There was there's quite a few episodes of that where he's like running through the streets chasing some baddie, and I'm like, that's the route I used to take take to walk to work really? every day from the station, and that would happen over and over again through that whole thing. And it's got Idris Elba, who I think should be the next James Bond. Who else? Did you see any famous people in London? Oh, a few, actually, yeah. When you used to work in London? See any so, on the tube? Yeah, like, so I worked in Shoreditch, which is like um, hipster central, basically. Yeah. So it's kind of um, avocado lattes and uh, women with hairy armpits and that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, so there's loads of kind of modelling agencies around there, and those... Um, kind of clothes shops that have only got four jumpers in them. Right. And uh, so there's loads, yeah, there's loads of kind of creative things around there. And re- literally around the corner from my work, like less than a minute's walk, 30 seconds walk, was a casting agency. And I saw Jason Isaac standing outside of that once. Right. Which was pretty cool. I saw, I can't remember her name. She played the 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 White Witch in Narnia. Oh, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Saw her standing outside of that once. Um, saw Rio Ferdinand. Not yeah, standing yeah, outside there. Well. Yeah. He walked past there a, f- uh, a few times. And there was another guy who's a musician. But well, I can't remember what band he's in. I think he's in Kasabian. Right. He's kind of... He's what like, looks like kind of Noel Fielding with the kind of cropped fringe and the kind of big hair and stuff like that. I think he's got yeah. like, an Italian name. I definitely recognised him and I was standing outside having a smoke and one of the girls I was out there having a smoke with was quite a big sort of rock and roll fan and she sort of went that's him from I think it's Kasabian I don't know what his name is that's Thingamajig from Kasabian I was like oh yeah cool brilliant so he's famous no yeah. idea who he was 
He didn't approach these people and be like, Jason no, Isaacs, I loved you in uh, Peter Pan no. as Captain Hook. I'd never be one of those people. Yeah. I don't want to be one of those people. If I was if I was famous, that would get on my nerves really quickly. Yeah. Almost within a day. I mean, I never, I've only ever seen really one famous person in real life. And I did go up to him and was like, hey, can I? It was Nigel Havers. <laughs> Nigel Havers? Yeah, you know who Nigel Havers is? Yeah. Saw him in town. He was filming Who Do You Think You Are? We saw um, Griff Reese Jones when we were on holiday once, didn't we? Do we? Yeah. Who's Griff Reese Jones? He's, only, he's just sort of a writer, actor, comedian. Oh, I don't remember that. Kind of panel show person. It's probably his hometown. Wherever yeah. we went. Well, it was one of our... In Yorkshire or somewhere. It was one of our family holidays where every single member of the village came on holiday with us. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, you know, in the, in the absolute arse end of nowhere and some wild moor with some ridiculous big house we were sitting in. Yeah. And then we went to some local town to sample the local ice cream because vanilla's different in the Cotswolds or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, everyone was like, oh, it's Griffiths Jones. Griffiths Jones. Like, I don't remember that at all. Don't care. Griffiths Jones. Oh, we, we went to a Sainsbury's once and Jamie Oliver was there signing books. Did we? Actually, yeah. I saw Charlie Borman. Oh, yeah. Uh, signing gonna, book signing in Colchester. Like, have you watched the new show yet? No, you can watch I it. Don't know how to get it. It's on Disney Plus. No, uh, Apple Plus. Yeah, I'm an Android, aren't I? I don't have Apple. Well, you can download the app. I'm sure. I don't. I don't, I don't. But you can get it on PlayStation. Do I have to pay for it? Yeah. No, that's not happening. Then is it? Well, that's how you get things. No, I will download it illegally, like I usually do with things, if I really want to see it. Right. But, um, you know they got electric bikes this season. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I've got the, the kind of Ewan McGregor fan thing is a little worn off a little bit. He's a bit of a, he's a, bit of a cult hero, but... Yeah, a bit of a prick these days. Bit of a, he's become a bit of Cheated a prick. on his wife. Yeah, become a bit of a prick. With Especially considering you were like... In the in Long Way Down and Long Way Round, even as a bloke, you're like, oh, I'd like to marry him. He yeah. just seems like such a nice man. Yeah, and so after you've fun. watched those shows, you just feel like you know him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he comes across so well. And then now he's just like, oh... What are you doing? Yeah. I really don't. I'm not interested. I think you just had a midlife crisis, probably. Yeah, possibly. He's 45. Yeah, divorced his wife. A huge divorce settlement. Like, he lost, like, half his money. All the money that he made from Star Wars he had to give to her. Yeah. And that's why he's now doing another Star Wars series. Yeah. Well, that's probably not why he's doing another Star Wars series. Half of 100 million is still a lot of money. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know. But it kind of flipped around, because, like, Charlie Borman I found to be the really annoying one. Yeah. Um, or that Russ, is it Russ Malkin? Right, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, Russ. The, the producer that yeah. was on there a lot. I thought he was bellend. Yeah. But like, and then it's kind of flipped round. So like Charlie Borman, you're watching back now and you're like, I quite like Charlie. He's sort of, he's completely yeah. harmless, isn't he? He's sort of... I don't know, he does, he comes across pretty spoiled in that first episode where they can't get the bikes they want. So yeah, yeah, he, he does, yeah. completely freaks out and like those fucking... Yeah. He owns up to it though, doesn't he? Like a couple, there's only a couple of scenes later where he's like, you know, yeah. like, think of all these things that we're asking for free motorbikes. No one gets free motorbikes, and it's yet you, we were. No, it's Ewan that says that. Is it? Yeah, it's Ewan that oh. says that. I don't think Charlie ever apologizes for Oh, right. Well, that you are a then, Charlie. Yeah. Boy. How rude. I lent, because um, my friend Cameron is a big train spying fan, and I lent him Long Way Round, because he, he liked Ewan McGregor at the time, and he said he watched that episode, and he was like, yeah, I can't watch this with this guy. <laughs> and then he just gave it to me back. He was like, I'm not watching this, Max. I was like, fine. He does redeem <laughs> himself enough. a little bit, but that is a bit of a low point. Have you watched any of the new one? The Long Way Up? No, I haven't. 
Do you have yeah, Apple Plus? No, I don't. No, it's it's already come up. This is the thing with the fucking PlayStation. This happened when Disney Plus came out on the app thing where you click on TV and video. You click on that, and then the app for Apple Plus is already there. Yeah. And the thing for Disney Plus is already fucking there. Yeah. So, I didn't ask for it to be there. It just appeared, and now if I want to actually use this icon, I'd have to pay for it. It's bullshit. Yeah. I. I the fucking they fucking they know, don't they? Yeah, they just they fucking know. Their, their marketing consultants get paid hundreds of millions a year. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They know exactly how to get around your nerves. And I bet you that my YouTube feed and your YouTube feed will come up with an Apple Plus advert now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, if, it was, if I knew there's other shows on it, I'd get it. But Is I know there? that Spielberg's working on a show for it which is super hypocritical of Spielberg because he came out like two years ago and said that streaming services are the death of cinema. And now he's got a TV show for Apple Plus or he's working on films for it or something. So, I just don't want to support Apple either. You know, I don't don't have an Apple product. I don't want to have to get one. I thought you did have an Apple product. I thought you were an iPhone. No, I haven't had an iPhone. I did used to have an iPhone. Right, okay. And then I had a... I you were an iPhone. I had a OnePlus and now I've got a Google Pixel. Yeah, someone I know has got the new iPhone. Yeah, whichever the new one is. Guess how much? Twelve. What is it? Twelve. A hundred thousand. Yeah, twelve XPX one X two or something. Yeah, how much was it? Oh, I have a little guess. Uh, one thousand two hundred pounds. Not yeah, more or less nine hundred and eighty quid. Really? Yeah. Why would you buy it all out? Why wouldn't you just get it in a contract? Well, she didn't. They it's a monthly thing. Oh. Um, but the monthly thing is like. 60 quid a month. Right. When the iPhone X came out, there was a chef at work and he was just like, got the new iPhone, just bought it. It was a grand. He bought it and then like a week later, he broke the screen. It's amazing how that like Apple have managed to make it kind of, it's it's kind of similar to like what what happens with the new FIFA when the new FIFA comes out every year. Yeah. Or the new Call of Duty. Yeah, they're basically a new the one same product, just with a few extra things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a real kind of landmark thing in the year. Yeah, every, basically every year. And like on oh, November thirty first, you know the new. I don't know. I mean, I I don't really notice when iPhones come out personally. No, and it never seems to. But because I got an Android, I got an Android, so it just doesn't promote that sort of thing. They're listening, aren't they? You yeah. know, my the people behind my phone, <laughs> the people in there, they know that. I'm, the borrowers in there. Yeah. You just fuck. I did, yeah. Just, but the, you think uh, you're gonna get away with that? Wearing headphones. The, <laughs> the soft, everything. The soft cushioning of the sofa. I thought was gonna hide it. Yeah. Instead, it was just a sort of low thunderous rumble. I've been looking into actually. I mean, I got rung up by O2 the other day because um, I get like just phone because I got a really good deal on my phone because I I know a guy who worked at O2 and he like hooked me up. So I get called often by them. Like, can do you want anything else? Do you want anything else? Do you want yeah. anything else? And they were like, do you want any tablets? Do you want to get a tablet? So a tablet contract? No, I bet cheeseburger else. And I was like, no, I don't. Thanks. You know, bye. Um, but there is like really good deal at the moment because of Black Friday. You can get yeah. an iPad Pro for like £28 a month plus like £5 airtime. So it is kind of tempting. 48 months, you know. Yeah. But why would I need that, I suppose? What do I well, need why do you need it? I mean, that's like when I got this phone, I don't really, I don't know what Samsung this is. It's just a Samsung because I don't really give two, uh, two or three shits about what the quality of my phone. Yeah, when you went and got that phone, you just went in and said, 
Uh, phone. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much did. This one don't work. Yeah. New phone, less money. Um, so they sort of, they give you the whole, well, if you get this handset, then you get uh, 2,000 minutes, weigh 170. Oh, yeah. and if you buy it today, then I get commissions. So you want any bolt-ons? A, yeah, do you want any bolt-ons? I can give you a brand new case and a hand job with it and all yeah. this sort of thing. And the one, this one. I do notice were, you've got the, the, the mum flap. I've got the mum flap. the mums have. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, it was like, oh, if you get this one on this particular contract, then we'll give you a free tablet. Right. And I was like, well, it's not a free tablet, is it? And he sort of went, well, yeah, it's a free tablet. This is the contract and this is the tablet. I was like, but if you get that contract with that phone without the tablet, the cost is less. Yeah. Wait, so it was like £32 for the... Yeah, so it was like £32 plus a free tablet or it was £25 without a tablet. Right. (laughs) So you're just like... Well, yeah, that's bullshit. So I'm not paying for a free... I'm not paying for a phone and a contract with a free tablet then, am I? I mean, £8 for a tablet is pretty good. £8 a month, though. £8 a month. Right, okay. And it would have been... Unless it was like a cheaper handy book or something. Yeah, it would have been the bottom of the range tablet. And I have a tablet and a laptop and a laptop. So that wasn't a... uh, What do you use your tablet for, though? What have you got a tablet for? Well, I currently don't use it as much because I bought a laptop when I started my job. Right. But I used it for, you know, basically round the clock for a few, maybe two and a half years when I was traveling abroad and working abroad. It was use- It's useful to have then. When I didn't have a laptop, it was useful for when I was freelancing and stuff last year. Yeah. So I could just about barely keep up with work on a- on this kind of little tablet with a keyboard. But now I have a, a proper job. I've got a company laptop. I get, yeah, I guess. But all those and things you said can just be filled. The void can be filled with a laptop. I've never understood like a tablet. Like obviously, having an iPad would be good. I could fucking watch Netflix all the time. And fucking, I mean, I could, I'm just here anyway. But like, what was the void for a tablet that is now filled? You know, the void. The, well, the void at the time was I had to travel around the world quite a lot, didn't I? Yeah. For a time, so. I can't be lugging big, expensive laptops to islands in Fiji. I guess. Because they would have been broken or they wouldn't have been Wi-Fi. So a tablet is far, far easier. It charges quicker. It does all the basics that I'd need. It's far lighter, easier to just maintain and keep with you. Um, I spent ages going backwards and forwards to the office in London on a train. And I don't want to be using a laptop or my phone to watch TV. Yeah. Or listen to music or audiobooks or read any of that sort of thing um and laptops were the best one in the world when i was freelancing for like nine months seven months everything i was doing was writing work was articles and social media and stuff and i don't want to spend six seven hundred quid on a decent laptop for just doing that and the tablet worked fine yeah, but I'm not really talking about you <laughs> specifically <laughs> i thought you were i was more just like the <laughs> well i've just what's the market well, me. <laughs> there you go. I'll just explain what the market is. What would I do with one, though? You would do nothing with it because yeah. we have different lives and do different things. I don't things. know if I could hook up this audio interface to it. That's the other thing. You wouldn't, no. But I don't have one of them. I use one. I like to have a little bit of Netflix on the screen while I'm on a train. Right. So a tablet's good for that. Long battery life. So that's the market. Those things yeah. I've just said, not specifically. Well, it's just—I mean, I got this is the thing. Like, they, I know they're huge, but I rarely see someone who's like, "Oh, I've just got a new tablet, got a new iPad." No one's fucking talking about then how excited they are about their new Chiba. No. But the, you go on the O2 thing, 
and they look at all the I look at all these contracts and there's no they don't sell laptops on there they don't sell computers they just sell tablets yeah. phones and all well, this well maybe they they are dying out and that's why they're all all the contracts they're trying to get rid of their stock of them yeah but they just released a new, they just released a new iPad yeah I think I they're gonna I think they're gonna die out in the next five ten twenty years all right it was just a fifteen fad, years the tablet no I don't think it was a fad I think it filled a gap between laptop and phone but if you look at the phones now like the girl that I mentioned earlier who's just bought a new the new Apple. Yeah. Um the she showed it to me yesterday when I was on the video call. The phone is massive. Yeah. It's apps it's a phone, but it is massive. So And they got those phones that kind of flip out now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge. So it's like it's it is halfway between a laptop a, a tablet and a phone. Yeah. So therefore you don't need either. You've got the you've got what is now the phone. But in size it's halfway between conventional phones and a, and a tablet so it fills the void I guess so people will have a laptop and a phone tablets will die I'll just keep mine for watching YouTube videos while I'm painting Warhammer yeah yeah I, mean, I won't get one then yeah what's the point I need to get a new uh, keyboard for my tablet at some point if I ever leave lockdown because the number 5 doesn't work right and they can't be fixed very easily I don't think I've tried well, you just you just get the keyboard fixed. I'll be trying, yeah. But it's got screws on the back. I might unscrew it and see if just the, the Oh you don't want to do that. Don't want to get involved in that. Just see if the, the actual key, the number five key is out of if it's oh, is it in, no, is my it in, five is out of alignment. Is it in warranty? Oh no, I bought it like five years ago, no. four years ago. Well it doesn't matter then if you unscrew it. It's just if it's in warranty and then you unscrew it, then they can be like, Well you unscrewed it, so we can't take it back yeah. if you fuck with it. So. Plus the case and the, the tablet didn't they came separately and they was like twenty quid. Yeah. Twenty five quid. So that was fine. Should we wrap this up? I'm kinda needing to uh go and have a smoke and go to bed because it is twenty to ten. Yeah. Um and I like to go to bed early on a weekday. Yeah. Yeah, we will, shall we? Uh, yeah, so if you want to reach the show, it's dishboymax at gmail.com or you can follow me on Twitter or Facebook, Dishboy Podcasts. Um, this has been another episode of, I guess this is Rollies Out the Back. I don't really know. Brolies, Max. Brolies Out the Back. I, I called the last one Rollies Out the Back, though. Oh, so did you? We're stuck with that now. Oh, so the continuity is out the window. Yeah, but I didn't put like a... We're basically the Star Wars franchise at this point. Yeah, I didn't put... Yeah, but I didn't put a, uh, a number on the episode i just put the date that's oh, what right. i'm doing well, I'm num- they are numbers technically well you sure i mean like yeah we well, yeah, no, sure. <laughs> all right should we do another one of these next weekend where we I'm actually like, plan topics i might be back at work next week oh right okay fair. well it's been a pleasure all right bye everyone later skaters deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.